Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. We're going to turn in the Word this morning to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. Jumping down to 29, verse 29, it says, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, who were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Jumping down to chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, finishes up with this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance this race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Church, do you mind just bowing in prayer with me this morning? as we get into the Word today. Lord God, we thank You for Your Word. God, I know that my words and my opinions can't change much, but God, I know that Your words spoken in an atmosphere of faith can change everything in a single moment. God, it can change our hearts, it can change our minds, it can change our circumstances and our situations. God, I pray that this morning as we come around Your Word, God, You would be revealed to us today. I pray, God, that our faith would be strengthened and encouraged and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, worship team. Can we give them a hand this morning? They are doing an amazing job. Um, Awesome. So the title of my message this morning is Put Some Faith On It. Put Some Faith On It. Why don't you quickly turn to the person next to you and say, hey, you got to put some faith on it. Put some faith on it. Put some faith on it, all right? If you're watching at home, turn to the person next to you and say, put some faith on it as well. It's great to have our our online church community with us this morning as well. Put some faith on it. I love this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 12. It's the hall of fame of faith in the Bible. And it's the part where you're sort of walking down this hall of fame and you're seeing all of these different people throughout the Old Testament who lived great lives of faith. You're seeing people like David and Abraham and Noah and Jephthah and Barak and Samson and all these sorts of people that are mentioned as people who lived great lives of faith. But one thing that I particularly love about this chapter 
is that it doesn't just mention the crisis moments where people were just sort of drawn to their knees to believe God in faith, but it also mentions some of the everyday moments where people had to have an everyday ongoing sort of faith. And you know what, this morning I truly believe that God wants to stir us up, not just to be people of big picture faith or people of crisis faith, but be people who put faith in the midst of every circumstance, situation and our daily lives. God wants us to look at every aspect of our lives and put some faith on it, put some faith on it. As a, as a kid, I was um, always a bit of a foodie. I still am a foodie. I love great food. I don't know where my foodies are in the house. Uh, yes, I'm just t- talking about food. It just makes me hungry. But um, my favorite food in the entire world, uh, my dad is watching online, is my dad's cooking. Love you, dad. Thank you for all the meals that you've made for me. My dad is Persian, and so he is an amazing Persian cook. And uh, I remember when I was young, dad would cook amazing Persian food and he would do amazing job of all these different types of Middle Eastern foods. Um, But when it came to sort of more normal Aussie foods, uh, he would just make them into his own creation, right? So one of the things that my dad did, which was a little bit unusual with food, is that he made a spaghetti bolognese with turmeric, right? Turmeric. No, oh, someone, someone's encouraging, someone loves that. Um, but with turmeric, and instead of just being grateful that my wonderful, lovely dad had cooked for me, cooked a wonderful meal, put food on the table, I was like, hey, dad. And he's like, yes. And, he's, and I was like, you're not supposed to put turmeric in bolognese sauce. I don't like it. And dad's like, well, this is how I do it. This is the way it's going to be. We're going to have turmeric in bolognese sauce. So uh, from that time forward, I used to make my own spaghetti bolognese as a kid. I would have my own and the rest of the family would eat their turmeric-infested bolognese (laughs) sauce. Um, But how many know that when you add a spice to food, it can permeate the whole flavor of the dish? It can change the entire flavor of the dish. I believe that when we put some faith on every aspect of our lives, God has called us to be people whose lives are permeated with the flavor of faith, not just in the big things, but also in the small things, in our relationships, in our finances, in every aspect of our lives. God has called us to carry the flavor of faith, carry the flavor of faith. So three things today I would love to look at. How do we put some faith? How do we carry lives that carry that flavor of faith? How do we put some faith on it? The first thing that we need to do is we need to remember that He is the first. God is the first. He is the first. In Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6, it says this, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God before me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10, he also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the, of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. 
if we want to put some faith on every aspect and area of our lives, we need to remember to put God first, to start with God, that He is the first. If you don't know where to begin, if you don't know where to start, if you don't know how to get a right perspective on something, we need to go back to the beginning, back to the one who was and is and is to come, the creator of the universe, the one who set the foundations of the world in place is the one who wants to be the firm foundation of our hearts and lives today. You know, when we begin with God first, in any circumstance or situation, it's amazing how discouragement and despondency and that sense of being overwhelmed can begin to melt away because we're starting on the right foundation. I don't know if... Um, you've ever had to update the furniture in your house. Maybe you've moved into a new home and you've had to update your furniture. If you have, you, ha you may have had to walk through the valley of the shadow of Ikea and try to find your way through and just hope that somewhere at the end of it, you're going to come out with a functional bed and table and chairs and different things like that. You're not going to have like three-legged, you know, uh, mattress sort of falling off and different things like that. But uh, if you know anything about putting furniture together, I don't. I always weasel my way out of putting any kind of furniture together, always get other people to do it for me. But if you know anything about putting furniture together, you'll know that it is quite a frustrating experience if you don't have the instructions, right? If you don't have that blueprint, if you don't have something to work with and all you've got is the pieces, unless you're some super genius that can do it, if you've just got all those pieces, unless you have the instructions, it's going to be a very frustrating experience. Maybe you're going to do some things and then you're going to have to undo some things and it becomes very frustrating. Do you know what? In the same way, God never intended for us to start with the pieces of our lives and try to figure out how to put them together, to try and figure out how to make things work and to try and just go on, go on it alone. God has actually given us a blueprint for our lives. He says, I am the first. I am the foundation. I am your starting point. So if you find yourself overwhelmed today, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I just got to put some faith on it, I want to encourage you today to go back to the beginning and look at who is first. He is the first. The second point this morning that we can do when we put some faith on it is to remember not only is he the first, but the second point is to remember that he is the last. He is the last. In the book of Revelation, the very last book and the very last chapter of the Bible, verse 13 uh, in Revelation chapter 22, it says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, when John has this incredible encounter with God, this vision from God, this revelation, he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the first and the last. If we want to put some faith on every aspect of our lives today, church, we need to remember not only is he the first, but he is also the last. He is the one that our eyes are fixed firmly on. He is the one who awaits us in heaven. He is our final destination and our ultimate pursuit. He is the direction of our lives. When we recognize that he is the last, our present uncertainty 
can be anchored in our ultimate security because we remember that He is the last. You know, if you've ever been on a road trip for longer than a few hours, you would know that you need to make some pit stops, right? We make all sorts of pit stops on our road trips. Um, Some pit stops are better than others. Some pit stops, you get to get out and there's a nice little cafe and there's trinkety things and maybe you buy yourself five candles and a rug or some different things like that. And those are nice pit stops. There are other pit stops where you're just dreading the fact that you have to go out and use their facilities. You know, if you walk out and you see a stainless steel situation, you know that you have hit absolute rock bottom in that moment. You're just like dying on the inside. There are good pit stops and bad pit stops along our road trips. And I think in the, in the same way, when we come to this journey of faith, we have pit stops along the way. We have things that grab our attention. We have places where we need to make a stop. And some of those pit stops might be enticing to us. Some of those pit stops might be comfortable places. And maybe we might be comfortable in our finances or our career or different things like that. And so maybe we can stay there for a little bit too long. We can park at a pit stop where God is calling us to move on and to step out in faith and to remember that He is the one calling us forward into the calling and the destiny that he has for us. But in the same way, on the other hand, sometimes we can find ourselves in those bad pit stops, in those places of discouragement and hardship and challenge. And at the same time, we can become discouraged when we don't realize that he is the last, that this pit stop is not our final destination. This is not the place where God has called us to rest, but he is calling us to press on into all that he has for us. He is the first and he is the last. And the third and final thing that we can remember if we want to put some faith on um, our lives, if we want our lives to be permeated with that flavor of faith is that he is with us on the way. God is with us on the way. He is not just with us in the beginning. He is not just waiting for us at the end, but he is with us on the way. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. One of the most wonderful things about Christmas time is that we are reminded that God is not just a far off God, but God is God with us. He is with us in every moment of every second of every day. He is God who has become flesh and dwelt among us. See, since the very beginning of time, God has always initiated relationship with man. God has always been the initiator of the relationship with us. In the garden, God walked with us. In the wilderness, God waited for us. In the silence, God spoke to us. 
in the darkness, God's light shined before us. And in Jesus, God became one of us. God came and dwelt among us. God came to walk with us through every circumstance and every season, through every aspect of our lives. God came to walk with us. I love how the message uh, paraphrases it. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The Bible says He will never leave us or forsake us. The Bible says that He has given us a comforter, a counsellor, the presence of the Holy Spirit to walk with us through everything that we're going through. When it comes to every aspect of our lives, church today, no matter what age or what stage, no matter what we're walking through, I believe that God is calling us to put some faith onto our lives, to put some faith into every aspect of our lives. God has called us to go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. He is encouraging us to walk with Him in faith. Three things that we need to remember. Uh, he is the first. He is the last. And He is with us on the way. Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I wonder this morning, do you know Him? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour? He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, always is, and He always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand Him. The armies can't defeat Him. The schools can't explain Him. And the leaders cannot ignore Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse Him. The people couldn't hold Him. And the devil couldn't stop Him. Nero couldn't crush Him. Hitler couldn't silence Him. The New Age can't replace Him. And science cannot explain Him away. I wonder today, do we know this Jesus? Do we know Him? Do we know Him? Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 